Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to NFL Live and what a day across the league today. Every team in action and nine teams are starting their mandatory minicamp today. The 49ers, Browns, Cowboys, Lions, Raiders, Dolphins, Seahawks, Titans, and Commanders. We've got it all covered here on NFL Live. You see the crew, Marcus Spears, we call him Swagoo, Keyshawn Johnson, and Adam Schefter, who knows all about everything. We begin, though, in New York as the Jets are entering their final week of OTAs, and Aaron Rodgers was on the field for most of the action today, except for 11-on-11 drills where he was withheld to that lingering calf issue. Here's his new head coach, Robert Sala, on Rodgers' impact. Everyone talks about it. Everyone, you know, you have long-term goals. Um, I think he's the type that has the discipline to bring it back to the moment, though. Um, the reality is, yeah, we, we all want to win a world championship. You guys all want to be the best in your, your craft. And uh, so we have long-term goals, but what are you doing in the interim? What are you doing today to prepare you or to get you moving into that, uh, towards your long-term goals? So uh, he's one of those guys that has that discipline. He understands that, yes, this is what I want, but this is what I need to do today. Safe to say Aaron Rodgers has changed everything around the Jets, and it's clear how the expectations have improved. New York has a 52% chance to make the playoffs this year. That's sixth in the AFC, and up from 22% entering last season. And their overall FBI rating is fourth best in the conference after it was, get this, dead last in the AFC prior to 2022. All right, so Swagoo with raised expectations comes raised amounts of pressure. So besides Aaron Rodgers, who do you think is under the most pressure for the Jets this year? It is Robert Salah. And I think it's, I think he embraces this, his demeanor uh, when you hear him speak about this team. But he knows the type of expectations that come when Aaron Rodgers enters your building especially provided that they had a tremendous amount of defensive success last year, and that's his specialty, babyface. So when I look at everything that's transpired this offseason, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers for the last three months. We've talked about how good this defense was. If they would have had competent quarterback play, how many games they would have won, and they would have been in the playoffs. So if this is messed up, who are we going to point to outside of the head coach? Mm -hmm. Unless... Aaron Rodgers has a complete meltdown and plays bad, all of the focus will shift to the head coach and having these guys prepared, not only for these expectations, but to be a better football team than they were last year. I think he'll answer. This is not a negative uh, on Robert Salah, but the pressure will be strictly mounted on him. I will ask anybody this. Who in the hell they think the Johnson family going to blame if it don't go well this year? It damn sure ain't going to be the guy they flew out to California to beg and plead with to come play quarterback for him. So it'll fall on the head coach, which I think he embraces, Key. I, I think Swagoo, it will fall somewhat on the head coach, but I'm looking at the offensive staff as a whole. Mm. Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, he's bringing mm. in a system that Aaron Rodgers knows. He's bringing in receivers that Aaron Rodgers knows. All of a sudden, the quarterback position doesn't look quite the same. They're not moving the football. The offense is stalled. We're seeing some of the same things that we saw in Denver when he was the head coach, not just the offense coordinator. So 
people will start, especially in New York, and Adam knows this, when you yeah. play in New York, the expectations are a little bit different. When you have potentially the best quarterback in the history of New York football, whether it's the Giants or the Jets, in that city and they're not producing on the offensive side of the ball, it, it could be real problems for you if you're Nathaniel Hackett. Hmm. Shefter, what do you think? I saw you wanted to get in there for a second. Well, you know, I, lo I love Swagoo and Key turning up the heat on Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett already. <laughs> they haven't even lost the game yet. Well. But that is New York. Key is right. And if they don't win, of course they're going to be under pressure. That's the way the market works. And Aaron Rodgers has raised expectations on everybody. And with those added expectations comes even more scrutiny than the National Football League already provides. So I'm just surprised we're already looking for scapegoats well, here in the first you know, week Shefty, of June. Shefty, you know what? Egg on my face because <laughs> these men just answered my question, right? So it's me who takes the blame on this well, one. I apologize. On you, I apologize to both Coach Hackett and Coach Sala. You guys are still undefeated, as Shefty just alluded to. <laughs> I mean, well, it ain't a lie. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, a lie. It's not a lie. They, they haven't watched the game yet. They haven't watched the game yet. Yeah, yeah, we still have to, what, two and a half more months until the games, or three months until the games begin. Uh, Shefty, there is a bit of news, though, surrounding the Jets. They canceled their mandatory minicamp that was scheduled scheduled for next week. We're all waiting to see whether Quinton Williams would attend while he waits on a new contract. What's going on there? Well, I don't think you'll see him until he has a new contract. And really, this isn't about the money. I think both sides can figure out what the money for Quinton Williams is going to be. He's one of the top defensive linemen in the National Football League. I think the issue here right now is that Quinton Williams wants a four-year deal, and the Jets want him to sign a five-year deal. And when you look at all the deals that have been given out this offseason to all the top defensive linemen, they've all been four-year deals, yeah. all of them. Dexter Lawrence was a four-year deal. Jeffrey Simmons was a four-year deal. Deron Payne was a four-year deal. Ed Oliver, four-year extension. Four-year deals all across the board. The Jets would like to have Quinton Williams for five more years. And so the money is not where these two sides are stuck. That's easy enough hmm. to work out. The issue is the length of the contract. And I would think at some point in time, both sides will be wise enough to figure this out. And my guess would be in the end, with the precedent set across the league this offseason, that four is going to be the more likely number than five. But we'll leave that up to the two sides to figure out here. Yeah. I think it's important when Shefty points out a lot of these deals, especially when you start talking about favorable terms, come down to years because teams want to expand and stretch the money. And now you look at a four- to five-year deal with Quentin Williams, and obviously as the player you want to get to the next deal as fast as possible. But here's the deal. <laughs> the deal is Quentin Williams is a, a foundational piece yeah. to what the New York Jets are going to do now and moving forward. We talk about Aaron Rodgers and get excited about what they can do in this window that they have right now. But Quentin Williams is one of those guys, obviously, with the Jets wanting him for five years, you look at it as a long-term piece to you having a tremendous amount of success. And the last time we saw the Jets have a lot of success, they were a defensive-driven football team. I don't want anybody to forget that. It's a different time in the NFL, but you got to have that Stallworth three technique that can cause havoc. So this deal will get done. Go and give him the four-year, Jet. And just, Go and give him the four-year deal, Jet. Once, once that deal is done, whether it's four years or five, we will officially turn to Chris Jones' watch in Kansas City, another defensive tackle who is due for a potentially reworked extension <laughs> this offseason. The Cowboys have begun their mandatory minicamp, and all the talk continues to be surrounding their new-look offensive approach after they parted ways with Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator this offseason. Head coach Mike McCarthy takes over as play caller. Here's his stat thoughts on his relationship with Dak Prescott. 
I feel really good about what we've been able to accomplish in the spring. So, I mean, you know, my personal interaction is, is really part of it, you know, because the conversations not only to myself and Dak, they got to be consistent all the way through the offensive coordinator, consistent all the way through the quarterback. Uh, because when you do get, you know, mixed, mixed signals there, that's, that's where potential, you know, errors can, can occur. The collaboration and the continuity and the connection of your staff is so important. I think it's only natural and that I'm, that I'm enjoying it. And, and it's, been, it's been a lot of fun to get back into it. Great to welcome in Ed Werder live from Cowboys minicamp. And Ed, what more can you add on McCarthy in the offense now that he is the one handling play calling duties? Well, Phil, you were talking about coaches being under pressure. That's always going to be the case here in Dallas. Mm. Self-confident coaches want to control their fate as much as possible. And Mike McCarthy is certainly one of those coaches. In the fourth year of his five-year contract as head coach of the Cowboys, McCarthy now the Dallas play caller for the first time a responsibility he desired and had for nearly all of his 13 seasons with the Packers, including their most recent Super Bowl championship season. McCarthy described its appeal today, saying it's a responsibility everyone wants because it allows him to compete on game days again against the opposing defensive coordinator. All-Pro guard Zach Martin said he's been impressed with McCarthy's early work, describing him as coaching with an edge and placing an even greater emphasis on the running game. That's pretty remarkable considering the Cowboys called the design run on 45% of their offensive plays last season, the highest percentage by far mm. for any team McCarthy has ever coached. And McCarthy says Tony Pollard is ahead uh, in his timeline, recovering from a high ankle uh, sprain and leg injuries that ended his season in the playoff loss to the 49ers. Of course, he's the lead back now with Ezekiel Elliott being released and as for on the field at the beginning of the mandatory minicamp here today, this was the first time this offseason field that McCarthy had veteran left tackle Tyron Smith at that position hmm. with Tyler Smith, last year's number one draft pick, moving inside the left guard. That allows the Cowboys to achieve their goal of having their five best offensive linemen on the field together. Ed, great stuff as always. A little bit of a game of musical chairs taking place along the Cowboys offensive line. From a pure number standpoint, the Cowboys had one of the best offenses in the league last season. They got more than 26 points per game from the offense. That was fourth in the NFL behind only the Chiefs, Eagles, and Bills. They were first in red zone efficiency and converted on third down at the fifth highest rate in the league. All that seems pretty good to me. He, Mike McCarthy, now takes over as the offensive coordinator. What do you want to see out of that offense now? Well, I, I want to see the same consistency, right? And, and I understand what Coach McCarthy is saying about consistency, everybody being on the same page. A lot of times we look at the statistical side of things like we just showed, first in red zone efficiency, running the football 45% on design runs. That's not really what a head coach is saying right now in Mike McCarthy. What he's saying, if I'm correct, and I've been around a lot of offensive play calls and head coaches, the communication lines, okay? I want to run the football and it's down the distance. You're trying to throw and it's down the distance. I want to throw. You're trying to run. You're putting in the quarterback in bad situations. You're also not helping out our defense. Although statistically, we look great to the eyeball, Swaggoo. It looks really good. But at the end of the day, is it helping us win football games? And I think the consistency with Mike McCarthy being able to do that will take them a long ways. CK, you, you are absolutely right, but there, you know there's no room for nuance. Only thing people mm. going to look at is Kellen Moore was I, ranked I, in this and ranked in that and I, look I, at what the I Cowboys understand. offense did. No, no, I'm, I'm, 
I'm 100% agreeing with what you just said. It's okay. not about the numbers. It's about how. It's about each individual game and how you play to win those games. I always go back to the Jacksonville game last year. The Cowboys had no business throwing the football as much as they did in the second half. Yeah, you came out of it with great numbers, but Dak turned the football over. I think the game ended on an interception pick six when they had an early lead and favorable. I think that is what, what Key is saying and what Mike McCarthy is leading to when he talks about taking over this offense. See, because everybody gets it misconstrued. I can hear Dan Orlovsky right now. Balance. Balance <laughs> means you run it fit. No. What it means is when you need to run the football, you do it. And you milk clock at times. And when you need to have high scoring efficiency, you have the ability to do that as well. But it's, it's really nuanced, game plan specific, game time specific. What area of the field are you in, games? All of that stuff comes into play. But Mike McCarthy has put himself under the pressure scope mm. as well. Just like we talked about with Robert Salah. Yeah. He was away from football. We, we talked about him going in his going in his lair with coaches and figuring out the new uh, idiosyncrasies of offense and trying to figure out ways to be creative. And he had Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, so that'll make you look pretty good. Yeah. Now he's under the microscope because we know Jerry Jones and how he focuses on head coaches alone. <laughs> But now you call and play. All right, brother. so now we've decided that whenever people ask when we turn the hot seat meter on during the offseason, the answer is early yeah. June. That is the official start right date. Now. Uh, so, Chef, we heard news from Ed that Mike McCarthy says Tony Pollard is ahead of schedule in his recovery. In other Cowboys, well, now former Cowboys running back news, the team said yesterday, specifically owner Jerry Jones, that he would not shut the door on bringing back Zeke Elliott. What have you heard about Zeke? Well, before we get to that, an astute observation by you, Field. We're two teams into this segment, and we got two coaches on yeah. the hot seat in the first week of June. As for the Cowboys running back situation, yes, Jerry Jones would absolutely be open to bringing back Ezekiel Elliott. And if we go back to earlier this offseason, Ezekiel Elliott was eyeing a few different teams. He was looking at the Buffalo Bills, who went ahead and signed Damian Harris. He was looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, who went ahead and traded for DeAndre Swift. He was looking at the Bengals, who still haven't really done a whole lot at running back, but have so many other needs that they have to address re-signing their own players like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase eventually and T. Higgins. So I don't know that they have a lot of money. So it's not a great running back market. And so it leaves as a natural curiosity and fit the idea that maybe Zeke could go back to Dallas. The Cowboys would welcome and embrace that. I think Zeke keeps waiting to see if there's an opportunity that shakes loose, if there's some team out there that's willing to bring him in, pay him. There's no rush for him. He could always go back to Dallas. So I think he's waiting to see if something else materializes while the Dallas Cowboys would be open to bringing him back where he would make sense in that offense to help keep Mike McCarthy off that hot seat. Sometimes you just got to follow the activity of the offseason, right? They did draft Bruce <laughs> Vaughn. They did sign Ronald Jones to a one-year contract, but they still kind of need that established power back to be the counter to Tony Pollard. New on NFL Live, and this is great. For the first time in an OTA, Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, wore his helmet and was a full participant in practice. Here's GM Brandon Bean on Hamlin's progress. He put the helmet on um, the last practice last week and um, texted his parents afterwards, like just so proud of him and thrilled for 
where he's at in his journey. He's mentally ready to go. He's he knows the defense. He's a, it's year three into it. It's all that. Um, the next thing is going to be uh, we got to put pads on. He's worked really hard on the mental side of this. Uh, physically, he's, he's he's all cleared. But this is you know a real you know a real deal from a mental standpoint after you've been you know to where he was. But through next week, minicamp continue to ramp him up. Um, you know with helmets on, but. Uh, that'll be probably the next big hurdle for him tackling. Just awesome to see the progress for DeMar Hamlin. Coming up on NFL Live, the Lions are ready to take over the NFC North this season. Hear why Dan Campbell thinks Jared Goff is a better quarterback in Detroit than he was in L.A. And speaking of quarterback growth, can Mac Jones take that next step under new offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien in New England? Why Marcus thinks it's not that easy. All that and more coming up on NFL Live. NFL Live is brought to you by Borland. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Time for some read and react. We start in Washington where Commander's head coach Ron Rivera talked about their quarterback competition earlier today. Just because I said he's going to start off as QB1 doesn't mean he's going to finish as QB1. Um, I like to believe, though, that if he goes out and does things he's capable of, he's got a very, very good chance of doing that. Um, I think Jacoby has shown us some things that have really caught people's attention. We talk about Jacoby almost as much as we talk about Sam. So I just think as, as we go through this process and, you know, until we play games, it would be unfair to start making assessments. Yeah, do you think Jacoby Brissett could be a better option than Sam Howell for the commanders at quarterback? Yeah, I, you know, here's what Ron Rivera wants to do. He wants to play defense, he wants to run the football, and he wants mm. the quarterback to manage the game. So you got a veteran guy in Jacoby Brissett who has done that in his career. We saw him try and do it last year in Cleveland. So he may be the better option for what they want to do in Washington right now. Let's fly to Las Vegas where a starting mini, they are also starting mandatory minicamp today. Josh McDaniels asked about the absence of star running back Josh Jacobs. JJ's the only one that's not under contract. So everybody, everybody's here. So we have 90 because we have the international program. The deadline is not until July. So I respect everything about that process. This is not the first time that's happened in terms of me being a part of that. I stand by what I said before. Love the kid, love the player, love the person, and um, look forward to when I see him. Jeffy, what can you add on Josh Jacobs and Jimmy Garoppolo, who of course is coming off that foot injury? 
Well, Field, unless Josh, Josh Jacobs signs, he can't be there, as Josh McDaniels pointed out. So it's no news that he's not there. They're going to try to get that contract worked out, long-term extension by July 17th. As for Jimmy Garoppolo, as we said on the show yesterday, they expect him to be ready this summer. They're not concerned about it. And the chances are he's going to be ready sooner this summer rather than later. And so Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be their quarterback on opening day, barring any sort of setback with that foot injury. Well, let's wrap it up in Detroit, who also has mandatory minicamp starting today. Dan Campbell talked about quarterback Jared Goff. And take a listen to this. He's a better quarterback than he was there, in my opinion, um, because he can do more things. He's he's mentally on it. I mean, we, we've come light years ahead of where he was two years ago when we walked in and just start teaching him protections and really dove into that. And we asked him to do a lot more than what they were actually doing out there. We put a lot of things on him. I'm not so sure that was ultimately uh, what, what they were doing. Wagyu, fascinating thought right there. Do you agree? <laughs> well, clearly the Detroit Lions and the L.A. Rams have beef now. That's yeah. number one. Um, based on what Jared Goff did last year, man, he, he Dan Campbell is speaking the truth. He 29 touchdowns to seven picks. We saw him be one of the top quarterbacks in play action, threw for 4,600 yards. This team played well, and Jared Goff didn't get talked about enough for almost throwing for 30 touchdowns. So if Dan Campbell is saying he's come light years, from where he was, if he's saying he's better, he's a better player than he was there, then I agree with him. Yeah. Detroit Lions were good, but their quarterback was a top 10 guy in the league last year that we that didn't get enough attention. Yeah, the vibes are extremely high right now in Detroit. Can't wait to see that team on the field this season. Shefty, a theme in the NFL that is becoming all too familiar is gambling violations. What more can you tell us about one in Indianapolis? Well, Field, the NFL really doesn't want players to gamble. It really doesn't want players to gamble at its own training facilities, and it really, really doesn't want them to bet on that team's games. But the league has found some evidence as it investigates that all of those have happened with Isaiah Rogers Sr., the Colts cornerback, that he gambled, that he did it from the Colts facility, and that he bet on the team's own games. And so wow. on Monday night, Isaiah Rogers released this statement on social media saying, addressing the current reports, I want to take full responsibility for my actions. I know I've made mistakes and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to repair the situation. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a distraction to the Colts organization, my coaches, and my teammates. I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment and I'm going to work hard to make sure that those mistakes are rectified through this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL and I've never taken that lightly. I'm very sorry for all of this. So the league will continue investigating it and I'm sure based on its prior decisions, the NFL will wind up suspending Isaiah Rogers Sr. It looks like it's going to be a significant suspension and we'll see when that decision is handed down. Yeah, Shefty, I'm not sure this team was necessarily a playoff contender this year, but Rogers has become an important player for them, not just as a cornerback, but a very useful kickoff return specialist as well. So to come here on NFL Live, Mac Jones was a work in progress in New England last year, but can Bill O'Brien be the one who turns things around for him? Hear why Marcus thinks the pressure is on Bill Belichick when push comes to shove. That's next on NFL Live.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Commanders start their mandatory minicamp today, and they posted this on social media, an ode to school picture day. Everybody's back in school. You see Chase Young there, amongst others. Good to see Chase Young back on the field. And we figured, why not bust out our own school photos and take a look at some memories from days back when Key, Swagoo, looking pretty athletic. Shefty and I, looking pretty nerdy. I'm not going to lie right there, Swagoo. Say, <laughs> so if somebody had to predict based off of those hey, photos alone, who would end up becoming professional athletes all those years later, I can guarantee you that by process of elimination, <laughs> Shefty and I would have been first and second. Elim- I mean, is that a turtleneck? What I think? What were my parents no, thinking? You lost a, you lost yeah, a lot that's of, a turtleneck, baby face. You lost face. a lot of baby that's weight. It's good to see you losing that yeah. baby weight. Yeah, and not only that, yeah. I need to have he a conversation. He wasn't baby face back then. That's right. Back back then, wasn't baby I was face round. I was puffy, doughy. Look at you, Swagoo, though. Swagoo, that's a serious hey, face right there, my man. I don't man. remember. I don't remember. I don't remember what movie it was when The Rock was like they put Dwayne Johnson as the little boy as yes. himself. That's who Shefty looked like right now. <laughs> you <laughs> and The Rock look alike. We all Baby Rock. <laughs> I love it. That smile is the exact same. Baby Rock. <laughs> well done right there. All right, yes, let's talk indeed. Patriots. As uh, the Patriots and quarterback Mac Jones rolled along with their OTAs today as the team looks to get back on track on offense under new coordinator Bill O'Brien. Head coach Bill Belichick was asked about how O'Brien and Mac's communication has looked so far. How do you assess how Bill O'Brien and Mac looked communication-wise running the offense? Yeah, it's just a teaching process for all of us. So all the players and, you know, again, coaching staff, we got to get back into, into coaching and teaching and so forth. So it's, you know, we're, we all have something to work on out there, players, coaches, all of us. All right, Marcus, so a typical Bill Belichick answer right there. Uh, what are you expecting? He loves that one, huh? You've heard, you've heard all kinds of those kind of uh, sentences from Belichick in the past. Uh, but, Marcus, what are you expecting out of this Patriots team this season? I expect competency, number one. I mean, we saw the transition from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson and how much he can do for a mm. young quarterback and a team, and, a, and, and especially when you start talking about offense. I think that's what Bill O'Brien – uh, will do for Mac Jones. We'll say what you will, but Bill O'Brien had some really good offense when he was the head coach for the Houston Texans and obviously had Deshaun at that time. But when you think about what Bill Belichick did to this young quarterback last year, and this is a Bill Belichick going off on him right now. 
He put Mac Jones in the worst possible situation you could put a second-year quarterback in. First of all, I don't know who the voice in the room is. I don't know if I don't have any type of rapport with these guys because they were auditioning during the damn offseason to, to see who would be the offensive coordinator. They're legitimately at times looked in, you looked at New England play offensively and Dan talked about this a lot and you could not identify a plan or an identity for this offense. We saw Mac Jones cursing on the sideline, getting mad, throwing his hands up telling them to throw the football when they needed to. All of those things, I think, would be remedied. So Bill Belichick needs to take a lot of um, a, a lot of heat for the, the underdevelopment of Mac Jones' last year as his quarterback. Hopefully, he put Bill O'Brien in this situation. We'll see Mac Jones take a jump. Everybody was excited about him after his rookie season. I hope this, that this works out from an offensive standpoint and he doesn't look at Mac Jones if he doesn't have a successful this year as a used-up commodity because he put him in a terrible situation this previous NFL season. But so I go to their credit, they were smart enough to look at it, and it wasn't difficult to figure out what was wrong last year. A lot of people felt a lot of frustration yeah. in that offense when they looked back and went through the year that they did. This offense never could seem to get on track, and it seemed to be lacking the type of voice it had in previous years with Josh McDaniels as the offensive coordinator. That was absent last year. And so one of the biggest priorities this offseason was finding and hiring somebody like Bill O'Brien, who's worked in that offense before, who's worked in that environment before, who knows what Bill Belichick is looking for. And so they get somebody who is very intelligent on the offensive side of the football. He's worked with Mac Jones in the past. And so now they could deploy those two individuals to try to elevate Mac Jones's game. Nothing more important to that team this season. Well, it wasn't just the coach in the change in New England this offseason. Is Mac Jones going to have some new receivers and tight ends to throw to after a bunch of changes for the Patriots? They first signed Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Kosicki in free agency after Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar both signed elsewhere, and then Johnny Smith was traded to Atlanta. The Patriots hope those changes, plus the addition of O'Brien, will help Mac Jones improve from a QBR. It was 28th in the NFL last season, but he in the AFC feels like there are teams that are basically super teams right now as it pertains to receivers. Do you think this offense has enough in place for Mac Jones to step up? Well, I think they do, and they're going to lean heavy on their defense. This is what we all keep forgetting. The way New England Patriots won in the past, and yes, they had Tom Brady, but they, they did things differently. I'm talking way at the beginning of Tom Brady's career and into the point where they had the two tight ends with Hernandez and they had Gronkowski. Now you look at Henry and you look at them getting Gusecki from Miami. Then they bring in a Juju Smith-Schuster, who I believe, outside of Randy Moss, as pure talented, talent player, he has more receiver talent than everybody that the New England Patriots have ever had except for Randy Moss. He's mm. big, he's physical, he can run. He's, a, he's not afraid to get in there and mix things up. He'll play inside in the slot at times, he'll go outside. So this is kind of what they want to do. They want to lean heavy on the defensive side and allow the quarterback to be a guy that's not going to turn the football over and just manage it and get him in the end zone. I praise right there from Newkey. And how about this? The Patriots are trying to avoid missing the playoffs in two straight seasons for the first time since 1999 and 2000. What a run it has been. We'll see if it keeps up this year. Ahead, we love a good birthday party here on NFL Live. So today we're celebrating D-Hop. What destination should be on his birthday wish list? Stick around for more here on NFL Live.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Diop turns 31 years old today, and the free agent has been one of the most productive players ever up to this point in his age career. His 853 receptions are the most all-time by a player before the 31st birthday, seven more than the great Larry Fitzgerald. All right, so it's a question that we're going to continue to ask Shefty until DeAndre Hopkins finds a team. What's the latest on DeAndre Hopkins? Well, what he could use for his birthday field is a stronger market. It is a <laughs> soft market right now yeah. for veteran star wide receivers like DeAndre Hopkins. This isn't about his ability. This is about him finding a deal that would be on the level that he would like to get in the neighborhood of somewhere like Odell Beckham Jr., who mm. got $15 million from the Baltimore Ravens. That's not out there right now, not that I can tell. And you look at the teams that he's listed. He'd like to go to a contender with a great quarterback. But which one of those has both a need and the money to go make that happen? Now, everybody could use DeAndre Hopkins, but who's going to pay him? And there aren't a lot of teams right now that are willing to pay, which is why it is a soft market. Yeah, Shefty, we saw this a bit with the Lamar Jackson contract negotiation. Using the outlier, Deshaun Watson, as the baseline can be a dangerous game for a player. And if DeAndre Hopkins is going to continue to use the outlier, in this case, Odell Beckham Jr., it could be a while before he finds himself in the home. Let's get to some quick reads, and let's stay on the topic of the birthday boy. Swaggoo, we'll start with you. Which team do you think should be high on DeAndre Hopkins' wish list? The Kansas City Chiefs, mm -hmm. obviously. That's a loss of wide receivers. I think he would pair up really good with Travis Kelsey. And like I've said before, one of the better off-schedule guys. So when you think about Patrick Mahomes and what he creates when he buys time. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins being able to go up and play one-on-one. -on -one. And then the Dallas Cowboys. Another big body Ooh. away from C.D. Lamb. You bring in Brandon Cooks as well. And I think this would make up for what they lost in Dalton Schultz as a tight end as well. Yeah, Swaggoo, I'm sending him back home to Cleveland with his boy Deshaun Watson. They had three good years in Houston together. Familiarity there. You could pair him on the outside with Amari Cooper. You got 2,000-yard-plus receivers. We know what they got in the running game. But familiarity is key. I know you, you know me. We can do wonders together. I like him in Cleveland. Sure sounds like De uh, Deshaun Watson likes the idea of DeAndre Hopkins in Cleveland as well. And it might be helpful because Watson never found the form last season that caused the Browns to give him the most guaranteed money in NFL history, 230 mil. After making his Browns debut week 13 following an 11-game suspension, Watson completed 58% of his passes with a QBR that was 26th in the league over the final six weeks of the season. 
You know, Swagoo, this sounds like a simple question, but I think it might actually be complex. What needs to change for Deshaun Watson this season to succeed? Well, one, I, I, just to give context to everybody, I don't think Cleveland expected Cleveland's uh, front office or head coach, coaching staff expected Deshaun Watson to be the one that they paid $230 million uh, to that was performing like he was in Houston. I think they think he's supposed to be that this year, though, uh, with, with the guys that he's surrounded with being acclimated. Obviously, all of the things that were going on around Deshaun Watson, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that they think this is a settle-in year. This is a year where they can uh, reap the full benefits of what Deshaun Watson showed us uh, when he was in Houston and the level in which he played at, which was top five level. Had him in the conversation for being, uh, you could argue, the best quarterback in the NFL with what he was doing in Houston. Also, Kevin Stefanski, right? We had the Baker Mayfield taking one overall. This offense was good, but never materialized, never got to the point where they needed to be. Um, and then when you think about the overall expectations, I am not old, too old to remember when some people had the Cleveland Browns as dark horse Super Bowl contenders and potentially winning their division against the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers and being able to make a lot of noise. That is the expectation now with Deshaun Watson and $230 million and what you plan on having with Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, it, it is a, a lot of pressure be partly because of the money and partly because this team could potentially be ready to move things forward as far as making the playoffs and making a strong run within the division and in the conference. And I think when you go back and you look at where he was a year ago, just remember in 2021, he missed the entire season. Mm. In 2022, he was suspended. He came back, okay? But yet and still, he came back with a lot on his mind, a lot on his plate, and that is self-inflicted. But now he can kind of get over that to a degree and focus solely on just playing football. So I certainly think that you're going to see a different player. I don't know that we're going to see the same player that threw for 4,500. Maybe we see a better player. Maybe we see a guy who slightly dipped a little bit. But he didn't miss because of injury. We're not talking about injury here, right? We're talking about a guy just missed because it's off the field issues. You know, we started the show talking about a couple of coaches who could be under some pressure depending on how things unfold in 2023. It would seem logical that Cleveland might fall into that category as well. Let's go off the field with some news from Shefty. What more can you tell us? Some scary news coming out of Cleveland. Yeah, Phil, two Browns players, cornerback Greg Newsom and defensive lineman Perrion Winfrey, were held up gunpoint when they left a nightclub at 3.30 a.m. Monday morning by six masked men. Now, fortunately, the players were unharmed, but the uh, masked men made off with uh, Newsom's car, jewelry as well. The, it was reported to police who were investigating the situation, but the players are fortunate that they lost only jewelry and a car after this incident in the wee hours of the early Monday morning in Cleveland. Uh, Greg Newsom and Perry and Winfrey, fortunately, both okay. Yeah, scary situation for sure, but definitely glad that both of them are okay. Coming up here on NFL Live, the 49ers quarterback competition is in full swing, but with Sam Darnold taking reps in practice, will he earn himself the starting job week one? Shefty has much more on the latest out of the bay.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're back on NFL Live in time for some top stories with Shefty. And what more can you tell us about the Jets' plans for their minicamp? Well, Field Dave canceled mandatory minicamp next week in part because they're satisfied with what they've accomplished so far. And also, let's keep in mind that they play in the Hall of Fame game and have to report to training camp earlier than any other team this offseason. So with those two things in mind, Robert Sala announced today that minicamp next week no longer would be and that the Jets summer will start sooner than people thought. Meanwhile, we continue to wait for resolution in Minnesota regarding Dalvin Cook's future, which is in jeopardy in Minnesota. There's been no decision yet. Minnesota would be open to trading him. It has not found a trade partner yet, so his release does remain on the table, but there's been no movement. His future still up in the air. Michael Thomas back on the field for the Saints today during their mini camp. Mm. Dennis Allen, the Saints head coach, said they're bringing him along slowly with the idea and the hope that he will be ready to go in training camp, and they are counting on him to come through for Derek Carr in New Orleans this season. That would be a welcome sight for the Saints offense, having Michael Thomas back in uniform after undergoing toe surgery this offseason. Also fired about that is his uncle, Key. Let's go! That's a proud uncle moment right there for you. How many yards for for your nephew this year? 1300 1300 Okay. That seems conservative yeah, to wow. me, boy, but, you know. Yeah. All right, one of, the, one of the storylines of the NFL offseason has been the quarterback competition taking place in San Francisco. They start minicamp today with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, both recovering from injuries. Here's head coach Kyle Shanahan and George Kittle talking about the group of quarterbacks. It's OTAs, so, I mean, every position. Like I, I think I've said to you guys before, like, I don't try to come in and know who's ahead or not. This is a all this stuff gives these guys a chance to have a chance to compete in training camp. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think Trey looks significantly better than he did last year. Um, I really do. I think he's, his confidence is there. I think that he's throwing really good passes. I know you guys take videos sometimes. And he overthrows people once in a while. Hey, it is what it is. He's still learning and stuff. But I mean, just watching him, he just looks so much more comfortable and confident in the pocket. And I really appreciate that from him, from all the work that he's put into it. All right, so not mentioned there, Shefty, was Sam Darnold, but certainly a player in this competition. What's the expectation for him within this quarterback room? Well, I think they have high hopes for Sam Darnold, and Trey Lance is a guy that they drafted with potential 
but Sam Darnold also has potential. Both were former number three overall picks. Both are trying to unseat Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, who's obviously coming off the elbow surgery that he had in March. But Sam Darnold is a player that this team targeted in free agency, pursued aggressively, and there's a reason they were aggressive and signed him on the opening day of free agency because they liked him and they thought he had a chance in their offense with their coaching to shine and to be the type of player that people thought he was when the Jets made him the third overall mm. pick. So far, Sam Darnold has been impressive during the offseason program. Trey Lance has as well, but I think there's a real opportunity for Sam Darnold there if Brock Purdy is not healthy at the start of the season. I agree with Shefty 100%. And remember, like this is not far-fetched for Sam Dorner to have a legit opportunity to start for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Obviously, Brock Purdy should be the leader in the clubhouse based on what he did in the playoffs and those high leverage games. And health is an issue and then the competition part. But I want to remind people, this is the same franchise, John Lynch and uh, Kyle Shanahan, who were consistently looking for another quarterback after the one that they had went to a Super Bowl and the NFC Championship. Like, let's keep that in context for a second. So this is an organization and a franchise under this leadership that is not afraid to think that they can get better. And if they think they are better in that position, they are going to play that guy irregardless to all of the things that we watch future plans. Jimmy Garoppolo did a phenomenal job with the San Francisco 49ers, but they were in the running to try to upgrade that position and consistently get better. And I don't think that he's lost that because Brock Purdy had a good uh, playoff run and the end of the year one with this football team. You know, it, it's interesting when you look at it because they did go up to get Trey Lance. That is their guy. They fell in love for whatever reason hmm. to get him. They made him the starter last year after Brock Purdy was there. He didn't beat Trey Lance out. Trey Lance lost the job due to injury. He didn't lose his job because of bad play. Brock Purdy certainly did a good job in the seven or so games that he played in. But that was managed at the quarterback position. I think Trey Lance has more talent. But then when you start talking about Sam Darnold, remember Sam Darnold, my USC Trojan brother, and couldn't <laughs> hold off Baker Mayfield at the quarterback spot. So my prediction is opening day, it'll be Trey Lance with a, with a quick hook. If it goes wrong, it'll now be Sam Darnold. That's just my prediction. I, Key, I'm not mad at that because I, I've said that this would be one of those historical bad trades if Trey Lance never materializes or even if we don't see if he's not good enough to be the starter for the San Francisco 49ers based on what they gave up for him in draft day. I don't know if it's ever been more given up for a dude that may never start or be a consistent <laughs> starter and get his shot and opportunity to play. But outside of that, man, when you look at Sam Dorner, and the thing we talk about with this San Francisco offense all the time, it makes quarterbacks better. Mm. Mysteriously, they wanted to go get Sam Dorner after we've seen some bad football from him. Well, listen, it could be Trey Lance on opening day, but I think when they go to training camp, Sam Darnold goes into training camp as the favorite if, and it's a big if, if Brock Purdy is not healthy. If Brock Purdy's healthy, he's the guy. If not, Sam Darnold is up first. But Trey Lance has the opportunity to prove differently during training camp. Man, what a butterfly effect. Taking Trey Lance third overall and paying the price to move up for <laughs> pick number 12 really had. Time now for one more thing and check out this stiff arm of a fan trying to get into a live shot. Of him. 
couple nights ago at a Stanley Cup game. That of CBS Miami reporter Samantha Rivera. All right, Swaggoo, your Cowboys need another running back in the backfield with a stiff yeah. arm like this. Sign her up. Man, sign her up. I love the physicality, man. Like, get, get out of my shot. I am working here. You are not at work. I'm working here. I wish he would have just gone and gave him a quick little right hook right quick when he tried to come back the second time. Get physical, man. Uh, NFL Live is back tomorrow. Great job by you, Samantha Rivera.